I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What is going on, people? We are Tottenham TV here, back with some more Unpopular Opinions, episode three of the Unpopular Opinions for you guys. You guys know what time it is, so let's get straight into it. And that first one up we're going to be talking about is Alfie Bond. Uh, he says... Without Daniel Levy and his extremely long-term plans slash projects for the club, there's a good chance we would have been relegated once or twice in the last 20 years. Do you reckon without Daniel Levy, Spurs would have been under threat of relegation? I do. You do? Yes. So I said in a previous video how, you know, when I was a kid, Everton were a bigger club than Spurs. Aston Villa were better than Spurs when I was a kid. And over the period of time of that 20 years, I can look at clubs like Middlesbrough who were doing better than us at various times. All mm. these kind of clubs who have been relegated. I think in terms of when Daniel Levy took over at Tottenham Hotspur, which was what, 2003? 2001. Uh, 2001 and then, but wasn't it like 2001, but David Buchler was the chairman and then he took over as chairman mm. properly in 2003. But okay, Enoch took it over in 2001. Um, in those previous seasons, the late 90s, we were relegation fodder, close to getting relegated time and time again. And I think he kind of slowly has set the wheels in motion and got the kind of club built up to a point where had he not put in those places, I think like Villa, for instance, we would have been in the championship maybe at some point. Well, we have seen other clubs. You know, Newcastle have been relegated yeah. a couple of times. As you say, Villa have been relegated once. So maybe uh, maybe there's a case for... I don't know if we ever would have been relegated because as much as we... We flirted with it a couple of times. There was one... I think I remember one time we were seriously in danger of it when Klinsman saved us. Yeah, late in, 90s. That was yeah. in the late 90s. I don't think we ever like got into a situation like come like the final run into the season there was ever really a real real possibility would have got relegated um i think obviously look levy has done great in terms of where the club is at now compared to where it took it over and that long-term project we all know the criticisms of daniel levy at certain moments could he have pushed the bow out a little gone that extra mile well, um, sorry to drop, but actually hugo Lloris in his interview this week has said that when the pochettino team was at its best they needed two or three 
big signings mm. to really push that over the line. So that's another. I mean, most people I think mm. are talking about the Louis Sahar, Ryan Nelson Those time. Those kind of things, but, yeah. But I think actually maybe Larissa's point is a bit more. Um, bit more relevant that's interesting because at that point you know we had a great team and then we always added players who never quite made an impact in kudu and g you know these kind of players who were never going to improve us and take us that next level did you hear the story did you know did you hear that rumor about paul mitchell and the french players no so if you remember paul mitchell was our sporting director mm. at the time and apparently he was getting the reason that he lost his job at spurs was he was allegedly this is very allegedly but apparently that it was to do something to do with those french signings and some kind of financial element towards that so that's always what i what i heard maybe too much criticism for levy then um but i have to admit and right now in terms of where the club is at what str what a strong position we're in from like an ffp standpoint since you know that's been kicking in um the fact that we're now a club which young good young players like Dragushin and Bergvall looking at us saying, actually, I'd rather be part of that project than joining, you know, a, a quote-unquote bigger clubs like Bayern Munich and Barcelona. I think Levy definitely does deserve credit for that. And I think he, I think if you're going to, you know, bash him for uh, the fact that we haven't won a trophy in 16 years and it's only been one trophy at all in his tenure, no FA Cup since 91, all these different things, which I, I think are fair criticisms, mm. then you also got to give him credit for the club being a, in a very strong position that it is right now. But we have to take advantage of that. And I hope I think we are, and I hope that we continue to do so. But um yeah, I have to say I'm very excited with where the club is heading and the direction we're going and in terms of the whole project of the club. Like this is prob I, I don't know if this is what Levy envisioned from when he took over, but it in terms of how he's acted and where we are now, it does seem to be the plans you set in motion coming to fruition. Yeah, and I also think it's worth saying that in any other era of football, if Tottenham had grown in the same way, mm. Tottenham would have won two or three championships. Mm. I really like two or three Premier League titles because it just so happens that in this 20-year era of Daniel Levy growing the club to where it's got to now, it has coincided with Abramovich taking over, taking over Chelsea, cheating, uh, and State taking over, you know, Abu Dhabi taking over Manchester City, and it looks like they're going to be done for cheating as well. So the reality is it's just been unfortunate on that front. But yes, that's not me taking away from the fact we should have won some trophies. Of course we should have done. But it's been a hell of a ride as well. Mm, definitely. Uh, Terry Rizzo said, sell both Kulu and Johnson in the summer and buy an A-grade right winger mm. who can actually take on his fullback. Um, I don't know. Look, I understand you saying sell both of them. Um, Johnson in his first seven months, I still think clearly has a lot of improving to do. I think everyone could agree on that. I still think I see some positive things, but definitely of late, he's been frustrating me quite a bit. Uh, in terms of Decky, I don't think you need to sell him. You can just move him, move his position. I think he'd be a versatile option. Um, but if, if, if I told you we could sell both of those players and buy, I don't know, a Nico Williams and a Neto, would that be an acceptable piece of business? No, not for me. Not for me. I think um, Brennan Johnson is a kid. You know, mm. he's played a lot more games than anyone would have expected him to have to at Spurs this season so far. He is raw, but he's got talent. And as you said, I agree with, with you in that Kulisevsky can play more as a 10 and can be a backup for Madison. I haven't seen a lot of Nico Williams. He, he looks really good. He does mm. look really good. The ones that I am interested in, and it's really a matter of the reality with Spurs as it always is, is, you know, are the teams above us, by which I mean financially above us, the teams who are willing to pay the wages and the transfer fees. So I'm talking about Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, and now that Arsenal have broken that 100 million barrier for Declan Rice them, 
which players let will be left, i.e. from not being bought by those clubs from Eza, Elise, Neto. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that they're the ones that I'm interested in because they've all done it in the Premier League, so no acclimatization time. Which are going to be left? Do you, which clubs do you think will go in for those those players in the summer? I yeah, think, I think they'll all leave this summer. I th- I think there's a good chance as well. As well. Although Glasner are now coming to, signing at Palace, will that convince them to stay for one more season? Um, I think Olise suffers maybe from the, a bit of a similar issue to Neto that the fact that he's so great, but he does do seems to seems to uh, consistently pick up injuries. Mm. Eze is an interesting one because I love Eze. I think he's an unbelievable player, so underrated. But is he now more of a number 10 than a winger? I, I feel like maybe yeah. that's his best position now. So I don't know if we want to sign him to play on the wing. or or I think he can be a good winger, but I feel like he sees himself more as number 10. That's where he plays consistently for Palace now. And he's going to be, you know, a big, big money signing. So do we need to sign a big money signing to play number 10? I don't know. That's what leaves Neto uh, for me. I love Neto so much. But yeah, I agree. Whatever one's left, I'm, I'm, I'm City happy. City love so buying off Wolves, don't they? Like, mm. they, they took, they've taken that. that took Nunes. That, what's his name? Nunes, yeah. So I could see I, I could see City just hoovering up. I wonder if City might end up losing Jack Grealish this summer. He's not getting much game time. Um, so if they were to sell, if Grealish came to City, because what, what City do is they let players go if they say they want to leave. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we'll let you go. So if Grealish goes to Pep and says, I want more game time and he leaves, then I could see them hoovering up Neto. And they already tried to get Elise last summer, didn't they? they I think him, them and Chelsea both were really yeah. in for him. Um, Destiny with a twist says, um, sorry, not Destiny, sorry, uh, not that one. Ivan Pio says, Tottenham has one of the worst game control in the, in the Premier League. Mm. Um, that I think definitely we are very open. I think we as right now anyway. I think the first ten games we weren't as open as we are right now. Although we were still fairly open, we're not as open now. So it's definitely a bit of an issue. But in terms of just having control of the game, mm. it does seem like since those ten games, even in games where we've played well, like we had good performances, apart from maybe like a thing on top of my head, like the Newcastle game. We have really struggled to like maintain control for sustained periods of time in the game. We've had periods. I remember in that Brentford game, you know, we had that twenty-minute period where we blitzed them. In yep. the Brighton game, we had like a half an hour period where we controlled it and you know got back in the game. But why do you think it is we just struggle to maintain control of games right now? I think we're really struggling in the final third to keep pressure on the opposition and we're always looking I say this a lot in the watch-alongs we're always looking for that kind of paradise ball like the dream ball first or second touch we're not keeping much momentum I mean the flip side of that though is you know if you if we watch back that Wolves game I think I think during the Wolves game we all felt like we had no control over the game because every time they won the ball off us they were in Mm -hmm. right that's how it felt but actually, if you watch it back, you'll see we had like 70% possession. It was just slow possession. And I don't yeah. think we're kind of counting that. So to me, it goes back to when we get in the final third, we don't hold the ball well enough, up well enough. We don't make enough chance. We don't have enough shots. And then it comes back at us quite quickly. And there's always space in behind our fullbacks. So that's why it doesn't feel like we're in control of the game. But, you know, I think these games against these low block teams, especially at our place, are very different to even when you play away against low block teams because they the crowd draws them on a bit more mm. even. So I think we'll see games coming up, maybe after the Palace game, where we feel like we're in, we're kind of getting more momentum and more control of the game. So now Destiny with a twist. He says, I'm worried about Ange's talent, winger, winger talent ID. Right. 
Is there a case for that? Because you look at our team right now, the wingers that he has brought into the club since he's come in is Manor Solomon, Brennan Johnson, Timo Werner. The wingers that generally start are the ones he didn't brought in, Kulisevsky and Son. They're the ones he usually goes with. Mm-hmm. Is, is there any sort of concern that for some reason he brings in wingers who haven't, you know, maybe done it straight away at the moment? I think Manor Solomon doesn't really count because he was very much a Tottenham opportunist signing, mm. wasn't he? He was like, oh, we can get this player for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, very least, we're going to make some money on the back end. So, is you Werner in the same boat as I that? think Werner is similar, an opportunist one where we can get him on loan. And then even if we do buy him as squad depth, it's only 15 million quid. So the only one you're really looking at is Brennan Johnson for me. Mm. And Brennan Johnson, as I said before, is for the future. I know mm. people are going to get annoyed with me because they're like, but we spent 45 million pounds. That's what you have to pay for a homegrown player now. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reality. Forty-five million pounds is the new twenty million pounds. Yeah. So, you know, he's one for the future. So I think it's too soon to say, oh, Ange is not good at picking wingers. His <laughs> entire career has been based on having teams who score a lot of goals from out wide. So it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, can we get any of those three players over the line, or Neto more specifically, perhaps in the summer? Um, maybe you know, let's wait six months, eight months, mm. and see what's happening then to kind of judge Ange on that. Yeah, if we spend big money on another winger in the summer and it doesn't work out, maybe you have a case. But I think for now it's a bit too early. Mo says, we should have kept uh, Regulon and Jed Spence <laughs> as backups for the second half of the season. Technically, Spence is much better than Royale. <laughs> Obviously, Spence is out on loan in Genoa at the moment. Oh. Uh, apparently, he's you know, picked up some decent uh, reviews from some people are saying he's doing quite well out there. Um, obviously, we spoke about Regulon before, but in terms of Jed Spence... Um, should we have kept him? Should should he be a backup right back? Is he would he be a better option than Emerson Royale right now? I don't think it matters. I think with Big Ange, it's like he's very clear where he wants people who are good for the group, and I think it's clear that Jed Spence under what two three managers now hadn't hadn't got a game yeah. for Spurs, and I think there's lots of stories about him potentially being very bad at timekeeping and stuff like that. So you know. Mo, I wish you were here so we could ask you, you know, <laughs> how much of Jed Spence have you actually seen? Do you know what I mean? Because I haven't mm. seen any of Jed Spence for Tottenham Hotspur. But he's, what, he's made a couple of substitute appearances. That's it, yeah. And in those... Has sub- he started one game ever? No, never. I don't know. Not that I can remember, but in those appearances, have I ever thought, wow, he's really technically gifted? Mm. No, he's to me, he's quite um, like rangy. He's like a rangy runner. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So... Look, it's easy. Emerson Royal had a bad game, especially going forward. He lost the ball in some dangerous areas. It's very easy to look back in hindsight and say, oh, I wish we, you know, I wish we had someone else to play. The, the player who I wish we still had at the club, had at the club, Kieran Trippier. Mm. Kieran Trippier under Ange would be unbelievable. Like, he'd be unbelievable. And look, there's an argument to say, oh, he only became a good defender because he played for Diego Simeone. And if he'd stayed at Spurs, he wouldn't have had that. But I would say, you know, we kind of hounded Trippier out of the club. He had a mm-hmm. bad season running up to that Champions League final. He's come out since said he was injured all season, playing through injuries. Top player, plays for England every time. Southgate picks him every time. An unbelievable deliverer of a cross and a set piece. So I would, look, I would say no about Spence. We've talked about Reggion in a previous episode. Um, 
Ange didn't think he he was capable of playing the position. It's funny to talk about Trippier because there was rumours of him joining Bayern in January yeah. and I think the fee was like 12 million. And I tweeted something like, I think we should go for that because I think, I know he's like 32, 33 now mm. and, you know, obviously he's not uh, at his very, very best, but I still think he's playing well enough mm -hmm. to like be a backup to Poro. And I think with the way he plays would be perfect for us and everyone was making fun of me. He, fell out, he, he fell out with Levy though, didn't he? He fell oh, out. Did, did yeah, he? yeah. He fell out with Levy. He said he didn't feel like he was treated mm. with respect. Uh, so and maybe he'll never he come back. The, the interesting thing about him being linked with Bayern in January was like, obviously, we heard a lot about Newcastle struggling with the profit and sustainability rules. And they're going to have to sell someone before June the 30th, I think. I think mm. them and Chelsea are in a similar boat. So, you know, expect to hear more rumours of Spurs sniffing around some of their players. Mm. Spurs basically sniff around all the clubs who are struggling <laughs> financially. They smell blood. Yeah, yeah. They smell blood, exactly. Um, but... Yeah, it's like it was like Tuchel trying to get the old Spurs band back together. Dyer, Kane, and Trippier all about <laughs> so, And now um, Tuchel's lost his job as well. Uh, Spurs FFTBL says Mickey van der Ven is going to be a bigger legend than Ledley King. I mean, after six months of seeing Mickey van der Ven, that's quite a prediction. But if you got your crystal ball out, what do you reckon? Well, I'm going to give my unpopular opinion here. I can see Mickey van der Ven playing for Real Madrid or someone. You reckon, think, he's, you reckon uh, he'll last the distance to I, Tottenham? I, I, I could see Mickey van der Ven getting a big move in maybe three, four years' time. He's young, isn't he? 22. So he'll be, like, 26, and he's just got... Unless, you know, I'm really pleased that since he's come back from his hamstring injury, he's still got that raw pace. Mm -hmm. So unless he has a hamstring injury that loses that pace, I could he could do anything he wants in the game. I think he's an unbelievable centre-half, incredibly talented, takes on responsibility really well, Um and I could see, you know, if if money gets back into Spain, they haven't really got big money to, mm. to buy players from the Premier League anymore. But uh, I could see him going, maybe even running his contract down. That's what a lot of these big players are doing now, isn't it? They're running yeah. their contract down. They're not scared of the danger of being injured because they get insurance about, against that. And um, I can't see Mickey van der Ven being a legend like Ledley because Ledley was a one-club man. So, no, but only because he's too good. That's fair enough. Uh, Roast Coco Pops says... Saar is our most important player on the pitch. Mm. I think a lot of people uh, have that opinion because we were struggling at one point and then Saar come, came back in the team and we all of a sudden looked very, very good and he seems to be you know, part of the glue in that midfield. He is a great player. Yeah. He's obviously very important for our, in terms of amount of ground he covers in midfield and in that box-to-box -box role. Yeah. But is he our most important player? So... Thanks for sending that in, Rose Coco Pops. It's a really good one, actually. Saar is the player, so I'm going to say two things. Saar is the player who I feel like we've noticed how much we've missed him when he's not been playing, actually. Mm. And that surprised me this season. But I think our most important player this season has been Vicario. Vicario. If we still had Hugo Lloris in goal this season, mm. we might be in 10th or 11th. Like the amount of, I'm not really massive into stats, but the XG conceded by Spurs. Yeah is wild. Yeah. And, and um, he's the best. And Vicario has made some insane saves that Hugo would just not have got to. A lot of them he wasn't even big enough to get to. So I think in terms of where we are fifth in the league at the moment, Vicario is very, very responsible for a lot of that. Yeah, he's been he's been really, really brilliant. I, I agree. He's made some unbelievable saves. In terms of our midfield, hmm. is Saar, though, the player that we can least do without? I think we don't have another player, especially with Bentancur coming back from his injury, who has the engine that Saar has and the legs. Mm. But uh, I think Madison's more important because without Madison, we just lack creativity and it's very difficult. 
Um, Manny says... I love Pat Matasar, by the way. Yeah, Sar's brilliant. Uh, I think he's been so great this season. Um, Manny says, I love Ange, but in my opinion, Conte was very harshly treated by the fans. Yes, I agree he had some faults. However, he was not backed. <laughs> the first six months were fantastic, but players who we had performing were always will always revert back to type. This is a man from a Rome. <laughs> <laughs> Conte was harshly treated by the fans. Look, look, in terms of, if you take the facts of the situation, when we he, he got us fourth from ninth in yep. that first six months, yep. and when he was sacked, I believe we were one point of third place going into... A, um, in March, I think it was in right. I think beginning of March or end of March. Yeah, if we won that April, Southampton game. We were in third. We were in third. Mm. So considering that, should he be seen as this massive failure? Yes, because yeah. it was unwatchable. It was unwatchable, and the problem was, and it actually started pretty early on in his tenure. All of the pundits and all the media and all the fans, they all kind of come together and they're like, well. And it happened under Jose as well. It's like, oh, well, this kind of this kind of football is fine when you're sneaking wins. Mm. But the moment it starts going awry, the dressing room will drop. The dressing room will, will not want to be with him anymore. And it, and it happened just as they all said. All the pundits said it. And it's true. And the football was so unwatchable that, sure, when you win a game, you're happy with it. But when you then go on a run of, of bad form um, and you don't win those games, it's horrible. And... Like I said, like I had a season ticket and I just didn't go. Like it was horrible. It was really boring. Now look, we all, I think, when Conte came, thought he was the right man. We mm. all thought he was the right man. But the reality, when you say he wasn't backed, it's not as simple as it is at Chelsea, right? Because at Chelsea, they just go and cherry pick the best player in the world or one mm. of the best players in the world and they pay them 300 grand a week and whatever. Well, Spurs aren't a club that's run like that. It doesn't work like that. So in terms of Conte being backed... Conte probably was frustrated because he couldn't get the players that he felt we needed, but he should have seen when he joined Spurs, we're never going to be able to get the same kind mm -hmm. of players that he was able to get at Chelsea or even Juventus. But if Conte had the backline that we have now, would it have been different? Van de Ven and Romero? Oh, we had Romero, but like Van de Ven, Udogi, uh, Porro, instead of Dyer, Sanchez, Matt Doherty, you know, these kind of I players. mean, you know... What, in, in which case is it worth asking the question why is Levy backing Ange for the kind of players he wants and he wasn't mm. and he didn't get Bastoni over the line for Conte he got which, long lanes instead and he got long lay instead um, it's a difficult one look I think we all wanted it to work out for Conte but he was not suited to the football club and I think that's, he actually that's ended up right. he actually ended up sacking himself pretty much yeah. you know he and he had a bad look let's not also forget let's give him some credit his mate died. He had a few deaths. A few friends died. His gallbladder exploded. You know, he had a bad year, but um, but the football just wasn't very fun. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Um, but he but he does seem to be like get a lot of ire from the fans. Like he's seen as like this villain character. Like is that is that a fair characterization? Um, I think he never him and Jose actually they never really cared about the club. Do you know what I mean? And you mm. do kind of want your players and your manager to give a shit. Mm. And they didn't. And they were just like, you know, it was like... That was probably the thing, There was a thing, feeling of like them just collecting their money a little bit, you know? They, they were they were doing us a favour to be here. That's, That's exactly what, that, yeah, that, that was exactly. what people would say. Um, Koi, um, come on you Spurs, says, unpopular opinion, don't rely on Basuma as our six. 
it's a bit of an elephant in the room about Basuma, the fact that he's now gone so, I mean, so long out form. I know against Wolves wasn't so bad, but I like he, him. He, I, I like him as well. I think he's a really great player. But why has it been? You know, we haven't really seen his form since like October time. Yeah, I mean, like of that kind of form. Been suspended for most of it. Suspended, went and to Afcon, Afcon got yeah. malaria. Uh, he dropped off a little bit after that second booking against Luton. That's for sure. And he's been suspended a lot. But I think if you get him playing with the best players at the club around him, um, so by which I mean, you know, not only alongside Saar and Madison in midfield, but also Poro and Destiny at wide. Uh, and when they're playing as the inverted. If you remember in that first 10 games, especially the Liverpool game as well, him, Basuma, just playing these little five and 10 yard balls into Porro, into a doggy, getting it back, into Madison, getting it back, playing little passes between them, bringing the opposition on. Once we have our best players around him, he'll be he'll show that he's the best six at the club, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think he showed what a level he can play at at the beginning of the season. And I think that was the kind of formula showing for Brighton. And I don't know what it is recently. Ever, you know, you can put it down to confidence, you can put it down to one thing or another, but at the end of the day, he's not been showing it for a while. I don't think but what I, I agree he's not been showing that form, but I don't think he's been like horrific like people make out. He just hasn't been as good as he was. Right. He hasn't hit that level, but he hasn't been like he hasn't been playing awfully, but he hasn't been playing as well as he was. But that I can't really put my finger on why that performance level has dropped drastically compared to where it was and why he can't get back there. It just seems maybe it's a waiting game. Maybe in these last 13 games he'll get there. I'm hoping. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't go as far as say I don't want to trust him as our number six yet. I think we haven't hit that stage, but it's definitely a bit concerning. But look, the Tottenham fan says, Lo Celso's matches when fit was better than Madison when fit. Is Lo Celso a better fit in that number 10 than James Madison? Lo Celso did, you know, was an able backup, I would say, when he was in playing in those position, uh, in those games. Yes, so thank you for sending that in, the Tottenham fan. I completely disagree. <laughs> uh, I think James Madison is definitely the most creative number 10 we've got. I like Lo Celso. I'd like to see Lo Celso and Madison playing together. I think they'd, mm. I think they'd link up really well. Um, I think Lo Celso is, as you said, an able backup. However, the issue I have with him, of course, is he doesn't get on the pitch nearly enough. Too many injuries. And that's why it would not surprise me if we saw him leaving the club in the summer. Uh, I think he did well in that Man City game. He was excellent. Scored mm. a great goal, didn't he? Um, really like him. But then in classic fashion, I think it was the next game he was injured again. Yeah. Um, such a shame. Such a good player. Obviously, they love him in the Argentinian national club uh, squad. Messi loves him. But doesn't get on the pitch enough and yeah I'd like to see them playing together but uh, no not instead of James Madison who I think is just a level above yeah I, d I don't see how he's a better fit I think he did really well and I think there was a few games where maybe you could even say in some of those games he's looked better than than Madison looked in some of his games so I think overall what Madison does to the team in terms of control how he is in those little tight spaces yeah. how uh, especially in the box set pieces as well Madison is just head and shoulders above Lo Celso but I have to say Lo Celso there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com weight loss that's plushcare.com weight loss plushcare.com weight loss 
Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Um, he stepped in from admirably, so I'm going to give him his flowers, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree he's a better fit. Um, Yosway says Werner offers more than Son on the left wing. He offers more than Son on the left wing. What I would say about that um, is, I think obviously Son, his delivery, and when he gets the opportunity to create a chance and whatever, he's obviously much, much better than Werner, especially when he's on his left foot. Werner's left foot seems to be pretty poor. Mm. But what I would say is when Werner does pick the ball up, I have more confidence that he's going to get to the byline than I do from human side. I feel like Son gets crowded out a bit more. He he loses the ball maybe a bit more than someone like a Vern in that position. But on the occasions that he does get to that byline, his delivery is always a lot better than what Vern is going to give. Yeah, I don't think either of them have played that brilliantly in the last few games. But um, I think Son, you know, I have to disagree with you, Yosue, just because Sonny can score. Mm, yeah, and Werner <laughs> just doesn't seem to be able Werner to. doesn't have any confidence at the moment with with scoring, shooting, anything. And um, so on that alone, Werner, I'd like to see him take on his man down and get to the touchline a bit more. But um, I just think we need to kind of be a bit patient with Werner because he's clearly coming back from like a really bad kind of confidence, kind of self-doubt session mm. of the last few years. And um, yeah, I don't I don't know if he's going to play that much now that Sonny's back, to be honest. He'll, he'll he'll be a cameo off the bench player, I think. Yeah, probably super sub. But what I actually do want to see in Varna is I feel like if we're going to play him in the way we want to play him, why not just try him on the right? Because if we're, if we're asking him to constantly get to the byline, yeah. he's always on his left foot and he yeah. clearly doesn't have a great left foot. So why not just play him on the right where he can get to the byline and actually be on his strong foot when he gets there? Yeah, it might be worth a try. There was also that absolutely bananas part where Werner came on and went in the number nine went striker, yeah. against Wolves and Sonny was still on the left and I was like oh, what is going on here Ange didn't that didn't work um, we'll skip the next one we'll go to Alfie Bond again he says uh, Pedro Porro is a lot more flawed defensively than anyone is willing to talk about yet ball is given given away far too much in his area I for one I've thought that Porro's really improved defensively this season I thought last season you had a really good case I thought he was all at sea um, wasn't just that Leicester game which I thought he was struggling uh, last season when he first came to the club but I have to say this season um I think defensively he's really tied up. He very rarely gets beaten in like a one-on-one situation yeah. when yeah. a winger squares him up. I do think one thing he still needs to work on is maybe his positioning from crosses. He does sometimes lose his man. Yeah, it gets underneath it. He gets underneath it a bit. But would you say, do you think defensively he's a lot more flawed than maybe people are willing to admit? So I think Alfie maybe is... I don't think he's defensively flawed than uh, or more flawed than anyone is willing to talk about but the way that we play our formation and our tactics mean that there is always means that there is always room for the opposition over the back of Pedro Porro mm. and you'll see and and a doggy as well but a doggy's quicker and can get back a little quicker but that diagonal you see every team we're playing play the diagonal from the right back or the right center half 
over the top of mm-hmm. where Pedro Porro is and there's space to run into. And as a result, it would be easy, I think, to see uh, to say, oh, well, that's Porro's fault. But that's not Porro's fault. That's where he's being told to be there. So that is just the reality of um, it's being. It's quite difficult to watch Spurs at the moment because mm. that ball is always on. Mm. Um, but I don't think that's Porro's fault. No, I agree. I think anyone pretty much playing that position. We even saw Emerson when he stepped in. He also had problems uh, yeah. defending that space. Um, Al Two Cop says. Peak Ericsson is clear of Madison currently, uh, in brackets. Besides Madders being better at being able to dribble past a man, the revisionism is based on his last 18 months, for which, for 12 of which he was still massively important. His pass execution and vision was clear. I still love Madders, obviously. Peak Ericsson clear of a current Madison. I mean, it's definitely a, a, a debate to be had. I, I, I'd probably say Ericsson in his best season at Tottenham was probably better than mm-hmm. what I was seeing from Madison right now. I think Eric, I think people forget how good he was. I think there was one season he was just an assist machine. He used to, I think he got like 16 assists and he was actually a regular goal scorer as well. Yeah. He used to regularly score goals from outside the box. He was unbelievable in his peak season. Unfortunately, um, you know, it ended quite sourly with Ericsson, him wanting to leave and then his performances really dropped. And I guess uh, for a lot of people, that's what they remember. Um, but I think I would agree with that one. Yeah. I think Ericsson probably peaked Ericsson at his very best was probably better than what Madison is right now. I'm really pleased that Altu Cop WBFF Pro wrote this one in because <laughs> I am I lo- like I could not believe it when Spurs signed Christian Eriksen. Mm. I remember exactly where I was when I first saw Christian Eriksen play and he was like 17 or 18 playing for the Danish national team against England. I think it was in Denmark. I remember David James was in goal for England, I think. And he ran the game and I was like, that kid is unbelievable. And I couldn't believe it when we got him. And I completely agree that it's like revisionism because Christian Eriksen was un he was so good for Spurs, so good. And I think that even the way that people talk about his last year at Spurs, it's like he was the only one playing badly. The mm-hmm. whole team were playing badly that last year and they'd put all their eggs in the Champions League basket. And also on top of that, Eriksen's contract is running down. We knew he wanted to leave. He was always... He was always a career footballer, so his ambitions were obvious. That's why he came to Spurs. He could have gone mm. to Man United instead of Spurs. He could have gone elsewhere, bigger clubs, but he's like, no, I'm going to take one step, one step, one step, right? And actually, the only thing that I was surprised at in the end was that he went to Inter. I thought at that time he could have got a bigger club than Inter, but they were the only ones willing to pay the money. In that, January, In that yeah. January, right? They paid, I think we got 17 for him or something. Yeah, with six months left on his deal. Everyone but, was waiting for it to run out. But he was the absolute key to that Pochettino team. Mm-hmm. Everything went through him. I know people talk about Dembele and what a genius he was. Absolutely right. But the key to the creativity was Ericsson. Deli Alley wouldn't have been the same player without mm-hmm. Christian Ericsson. Harry Kane wouldn't have been the same player. He wouldn't Harry Kane would not have grown to become the player he is now unless he played with Christian Ericsson. Remember that goal at the Etihad he scored yeah. when we beat them at the Etihad that year? I was there. It was you know, what a day. Stanford Bridge. Stanford Bridge when the only time we've won there. I mean, just an unbelievable footballer and should be seen as a Spurs legend, but I don't mm. think he is, which is a real shame. It is a shame. And uh, yeah, maybe it's because just how it ended and uh, whenever a player looks to leave, there's always going to be a certain fe- section of some, there's always going to be some fans like who are just bitter about it. And yeah. like, you and, know, he, he's, he's not proper Spurs and all that kind and, of thing. And the other thing about Christian Eriksen, I'd say now, don't forget how good he was at Brentford mm-hmm. and now at Man United. And I know this is obviously, we should only talk about Spurs, but he's a Spurs legend in my eyes. So I'm going to say it. He is absolutely played in the wrong position at Man United. They have no mm-hmm. idea how lucky they are to have him. And because of Bruno Fernandes, he doesn't yeah. get in the right position. And I bet his numbers would be better than Bruno Fernandes's. 
But that's just my opinion. I think he's highly underrated. I think he'll end up leaving Man United. And I hope wherever he goes, he gets to be like the main man because he could play in a similar way to how Modric has has carried on. Mm. He could continue playing and, and creating chances until he's like 37, 38 if his yeah. heart allows him. I think for a long time as well, he was probably maybe second to De Bruyne as the best number 10 in the Premier League for sure for a long, long time. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he deserves his props. And look, Madison, maybe Madison will hit it. Maybe Madison will get there. But I just think right now yeah. I would take... I love Madison. Madison. I love Madison. What a player. He's complete. He's the exact epitome of what a Spurs player should be. Mm. Like like Waddle back in the day. Like Hoddle, like get on the ball, give it to me. Like make everything go through me. I love Madison. But Ericsson was more of an understated, but... Brilliant 10. Mm. Uh, Billy Hemming says, Spurs are missing Lloris more than they are missing Harry Kane. Uh, oh, d- Billy. Do we miss Lloris's leadership in the dressing room? I don't believe that, <laughs> I don't believe that Billy <laughs> believes this. I don't believe it. Every Hugo, popular opinion is a genuine opinion. Hugo is a club legend. <laughs> Hugo was an unbelievable goalkeeper. Unfortunately, in his last few years, and it might be down to the different goalkeeping coaches that we kept bringing in or whatever, Hugo changed from being a front foot sweeper keeper to a stay on your line. Even like there were so many goals in the the last few years of of his Spurs career where they'd have a one-on-one and he'd still be on his line when they were like at the penalty spot. And you're just like, well, you're not going to save that, mate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we said it, was it this episode or the last episode of, of Unpopular Opinions? Vicario is like the most important player in this mm. Spurs team at the moment, I think. So I'm not slagging off Lloris by saying we're not missing him. Uh, his time had come. He's a club legend, but we've moved on and uh, we would be in a, a a lot lower in the league now if Lloris was still playing for Spurs. But in terms of this, okay, maybe this uh, on popular opinion may be, be uh, a bit of a joke, but one thing that has been levelled at the current Tottenham team is are they lacking maybe a bit of leadership on the pitch when things are not going wrong? I know Sonny's taken their captaincy role really well. Mm. I'm personally quite happy with the leadership group. However, I was having a few conversations with Spurs fans. They had they had opinions, which I don't personally agree with, that on the pitch when things aren't going well, maybe we lack those leaders you, you know, who maybe get, get us doing the right things again and get us take control of games again when you're looking at like the leadership element with Loris now gone and those senior players do, do you think there's we're in a good place when it comes to the leadership yeah I do I think I really like Christian Romero as one of the leadership group he's mm. he is a nasty piece of work he's the kind of player I'd hate if he didn't play for my club and I love he, he shouts at them I mean I don't think Loris was that much of a leader on the pitch to be honest mm. he wasn't a shout and screamer he was more of a leader by example um so, no, I don't think so. And I don't think we're missing Lloris more than we're missing Kane. We're definitely missing 25 goals a season at the moment. In terms of Vicario, you mentioned you said Vicario is our most important player of the season. Jasper says, I love Vicario, but if we could go back in the summer, I would have got Raya instead. Well, I think we wanted Raya, but I think he wanted Arsenal. But if, if Raya wanted us, would you, would you have a time machine? Would you do the switch? Over move? Vic? Yeah. I wouldn't, mm. but I do like Raya. You do like Ray. He's good. His distribution is unbelievably good. Um, they've got a good keeper there. And you've got to, you know, as hard as it is, sometimes you've got to give it to Arteta. He made a difficult choice there. And he's like, if we're going to win, win the league, we need to upgrade. I'm not saying they are going to win the league. And obviously, I desperately hope that they don't. But Raya is a better goalkeeper than Aaron Ramsdale. But I love mm-hmm. Vic. I wouldn't change him for the world. I agree. Um, CRXYSI says Hoybier is just a scapegoat for most our fan or most our fans. He always does seem to be a player whenever we do, if he plays and we do end up losing, he's one that comes in for the criticism, isn't he? Uh, Pierre or Hoybier. Do you feel like he's scapegoated or is the criticism for him justified? 
think it's just he, I think he's an excellent, excellent player, but he's not suited to the style of football that we want to play. It doesn't mean he can't pull in a six or seven out of ten, and he has done quite a lot. But um, you know, the analogy I come back to is Klopp's first season at Liverpool. Always, mm. he had Lallana, he had Nathaniel Klein, he had players who were not suited to the style of football he wanted to play. Nobody thinks now about Klopp's first season and coming eighth or whatever mm -hmm. because he was given the time to bring in the players and that's what's going to happen. That's why Pierre-Emil Hoiberg won't be at Spurs past this summer. Not because he's been a bad servant for the club. He's been excellent and every manager has loved him but he's just not the right style. He is a great footballer. You watch him playing for Denmark, really, really brilliant. Remember that goal against Marseille? What mm -hmm. a finish. So, so if he is a player just generally not suited, mm. um, is it right for fans to be frustrated with him when he does play? Um, yeah, that's or a good they question. Do, or are they just scapegoating him? Or is it like not his fault? I mean, I think... I that, think we, that, that he's not suited. And But is it is he generally negatively affecting us then? No, he's not negatively affecting us. He, But, you know, I think you could argue there are quite a few Spurs players who get scapegoated each time. You know, Brennan Johnson's getting a lot of stick at the moment. Mm -hmm. Pierre gets it. And obviously before he left, Eric Dyer was the main one who would always be blamed whether he was on the pitch mm -hmm. or not. Um, I think it's just, I personally think it's more like just the social media way of, of desperately trying to get clicks. But um, I think Hoiberg is just quite an obvious one because I think it's been pretty clear from when Ange came in that he wasn't, Ange's kind of number one uh, pick in midfield. Ducati says, I don't rate chicken at all. Massive cues for really bland fried chicken. That is a very controversial and that I is love sacrilege. Chicken. I love chicken. It's you love really chicken good. Chicken. It's got The chicken has got actually a really nice um, kind of uh, kick to it. So I, I, I just have the chicken burger and it, I, I really like it. So is it worth the massive cues? I love it, yeah. You you queue up every time. Well, actually, when I used to get Chick King in, in my Chick King years, it was when I was turning up at the ground about two, three hours before, so the queues weren't there yet. See, so actually, I don't actually stand in the queue for Chick King. I see. So there's there's a tip for everyone: get to the ground early if you want to get Chick King, yeah. and maybe maybe Ducati if you get there early, the chicken wouldn't be as bland. Uh, White Heart Pain says Van der Vaart was overrated. Van der Vaart was overrated. He is seen as like this amazing Tottenham legend who was unbelievable his time at Tottenham only lasted two years unfortunately when he was here um, overrated I thought he was brilliant when he was here I thought absolutely brilliant but is there a reason maybe you know he didn't stay beyond two years shame on you White Hart Payne shame <laughs> on you you do not say that my Rafa van der Vaart is overrated he was a perfect another like Madison an epitome of Tottenham Hotspur what a Tottenham Hotspur player should be loved the North London derby kept scoring against Arsenal all flair genius and his wife at the time was unbelievably beautiful as well. That's what it should all be about with Spurs players. <laughs> the reason he left is because um, your man, Vias Boas, came in. And the first thing he said, I've, I've seen this interview with Van der Vaart, the first thing he said is, you won't be playing for me. And so Van der Vaart had to find uh, somewhere to go. I think he went back to Hamburg first, maybe. He went to, um, yeah, did he? Think, no, yeah. Anyway, um, and he didn't want to go. But... but the argument you then say is Vias Boas said that to him because he wanted to play Bale in the 10 in the free role. And realistically, you couldn't have played both of them in that kind of position. And Bale's last season for Spurs was unbelievable. So, no, he wasn't overrated. Top player played at Madrid, played in brilliant Ajax teams, played in a World Cup final for Holland as well. Um, and he was unfortunate in the way he left, but loves talking about Spurs. Came back to Spurs, I think, for Ledley King's testimonial. Mm. He put on a few pounds, that's for sure. 
top player though. Just to play devil's advocate on that point. Why do you think if he was that if he was so good like we all remember, mm. why why did no one better than Hamburg come in for him to sign him? Mm, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, he was probably on quite big wages. Mm. I think he was probably on at least 100 grand a week at the time, which was big for Spurs. Uh, and he was, what, 31, 30, 31, 32 by that point? I think 30. I think we signed him at 28. Yeah. So he probably got 30. It was a bit of a strange one. One of my favourite signings for Spurs, the yeah. way it happened as well. It was a real like football manager kind of mm. last minute signing. brilliant. One of those ones that I was always like, why can't Spurs go in for a player like that? And then we did. <laughs> we ne You never get those kind of signings anymore in the social media age. Right. Uh, Gray says... We should look to sell Son in the summer. I hate to say it, but we need to cash in while we can and bring in someone young like Neto. Is there an awkward conversation about Son to be had with him being 31? If a big, big offer like from, I don't know, Saudi comes in for over 100 million, would it be stupid not to sell? There was a rumour just this week that Saudi are looking at Sonny and Mo Salah uh, taking them from uh, the Premier League this But he summer. has just become captain. You know, he's been, you know, uh, he's obviously the face of the club with all the with, with what he brings in you know with a lot of the South Korean uh, fans that come to the yeah. uh, to the stadium and all that kind of stuff and all the attention he gets is he worth even more than 100 million to Tottenham? Yeah it's very much a no from me I wouldn't sell him I don't think anyone would bid 100 million for a start um I don't I can't see Sonny wanting to go to Saudi at this mm -hmm. point either and like you said he's the he's basically the ambassador for the club and he's still playing great football I think uh, sign him up. 10-year contract. He can become a coach. He can do whatever he wants. Is he... The fact that he stayed, is he now a bigger legend than Harry Kane, potentially? Is his stock higher? <laughs> if he, or does he have to win a trophy for that to happen? Um, this is a difficult one because there are obviously... There's a corner of the Spurs fan base who are annoyed at Harry Kane for leaving, but mm. I'm not. And uh, I think Harry Kane is the best player I've but ever seen. But he did leave and Son didn't. I know, but I think Harry Kane is the best player I've ever seen at Spurs. But I guess how you define bigger legend? Is it a better player or is it, you know, loyal player? Like who 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 deserves more well, love from the fan base? Harry, Harry, Kane has, Harry Kane has only played for one English club. Sonny mm. has played for a number of clubs. Um I don't know, I'm I'm fishing here. If Sonny was to win a trophy as captain though, does he does that jump him above? If Sonny won the league or the Champions League at Spurs then yes, it would. But if he won the League Cup, no, no I don't really think so. He still so. put Kane above. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. Um, ben Robinson says, Sessegnon could do a job as backup fullback. Well, he could if he was fit. Played 33 minutes of an under-21 game this week and went down and is injured again. Yeah. I, f I don't think Sessegnon's so ever going to happen for him. I, yeah. I feel bad for him because he's still young. He's still, what, 23 or 24? Yeah, and he's incredibly talented, but he doesn't believe in himself and he doesn't believe in his body and his body doesn't give him back anything to believe in. So very sad, yeah. The, the, what, the really sad thing about Sessegnon is Ange made a big point um, before Sessegnon came back. He's like, we're only going to bring him back if we're sure that he can do it, he can play and well, he's not going to break down again. He's like, we're being very careful and that's why he's taking so long. Yeah. We're being super careful because we want to make sure when he comes back, and he all said his surgery was with a view of that this injury doesn't repeat itself. And yet, 33 minutes when he comes back, even 20 minutes after the Burnley game, he got injured. Yeah. And then 33 minutes, he's injured again. So I feel really bad he's for him. A very talented boy. It's such a shame. Chris Waters says Levy has played the long game supremely considering FFP and is making a lot of fans hash in, mm -hmm. in brackets including me looking dumb do you think a lot of fans are reconsidering their positions on the ownership at the moment um, I think they're having conversations about it 
I think what's going to be interesting is so obviously Daniel Levy has said for a while, a few years, like there's going to be a there's going to be a, a a point in time where the clubs are going to suffer as a result of these kind of three year profit and sustainability rules rules, mm-hmm. and that is something that is now starting to happen. But I think it might come to a point where the rules are changed. And Manchester City, I think, will be the ones responsible for that. I've got to, you know... To sh- increase the level you can spend, basically. Yeah, to find a way that... Because if you think about, about it in terms of the Premier League, Premier League are now for the first time in a position where their clubs can't necessarily go out and buy the best talent mm-hmm. from around the world. And the Premier League will always look after their brand. And if they get to a point where it's like, oh my God, like Manchester City, we've had to relegate them and Chelsea can't buy anyone. They want, you know, the biggest names in the world anymore. And suddenly they start going to Spain and they start seeing that there's a catch up. Then I think that's when the Premier League will change their rules again. So it's whether Spurs can really benefit from hopefully what is now going to be a few years of us being the best well, uh, best run club financially and other clubs suffering mm-hmm. uh, before I think something will change uh, in the rules. Yeah, I think at the moment, I think it'd be silly not to acknowledge the strong position we're in. But I also think that if Spurs are in this strong position yet don't um, take advantage of being in that strong position, it doesn't mean anything that you are in the strong position. No, the only thing it means is we won't be forced to lose players, which is obviously important. But if we're not like beating other clubs to maybe some signings because of the really strong... We, we can basically muscle them financially then you're not taking full advantage of the position you've put yourself in. So that is an important thing. But considering the landscape of the Premier League right now, you're seeing clubs like Newcastle, Villa, who we're competing with, mm. Chelsea, struggling to keep to keep in within the boundaries of FFP. Mm-hmm. And there are rumours that they're going to have to sell some of their important players. And the fact that we're not even, we're nowhere near that position. And in fact, we can spend a lot of money if we wanted to is um, a very important thing and does put us in a really strong position, hopefully for the future and moving forward. And hopefully that means that if we if, if we can, um, you know, maybe um, sign a few big players and put ourselves in these conversations, we're going to be streets ahead of these other clubs if they're failing to comply with FFP. Let me ask issue. you a question then, Sim. £100 million is the new kind of £50 million signing, Mm. right? A few years ago, Declan Rice would have gone for £50 million. So they had to, Arsenal had to pay £100 million. Do you think Spurs are going to spend £100 million on a player any time in the next three years? Um, No. No, I don't either. No. And I think so. But they don't have to. Maybe they spend £50 million on two players. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think in terms of what Chris has said here, is, uh, you know, considering FFB and making a lot of fans, including me, look dumb, I think there is going to be fans this summer or in the next few transfer windows who are like, why are Arsenal spending £100 million on a player, but we're not? Mm. And actually, I think this has coincided. Yes, we're in good position, but it's also coincided with, for the first time in quite a while, we've got a manager who I don't think wants to spend £100 million on a player. Mm. He wants to buy the right players, the right mentality players, and the right people to have around the group. And also... Uh, young players who fit in and will grow with the team. So I can I can foresee us buying more of what I would call Mickey van der Ven's. Mm-hmm. 40, 30, 40 million pound players, really talented, who've been properly scouted, who can grow with the team. And I'm happy with that. If we if, if our next five signings are like Mickey van der Ven, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that'd be we'll great. We'll be there or thereabouts. Definitely. So I think there'll be a corner of the fan base though who aren't happy with that. And they'll mm. want to see us matching the money that, we, that Arsenal are spending, but we're not going to. 
Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. But even signing like a lot of a few, even if it's two or three Van der Ven type signings or whatever, Madison, yeah. that's still a strong position in a lot of the other clubs that we're competing with. And yeah. that's, you know, not as easier said than done. Um, last but not least is Dom Churchy. And he says, Brian Hill still needs more time. Brian Hill needs more time. I mean, he nearly left in January. He's still around. Um, I think what he needs is more protein shakes. <laughs> he needs something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just time not big enough. Thing. Like it's simple and it's it's a shame. He's. I, I saw that clip just earlier today again of. Um, I can't remember who we played. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, he came on and he waltzed through their back line mm. and won a penalty. Do you remember that? And uh, he's he's a supremely gifted player. But he, the Premier League, you need to muscle up a bit. So he's the same size in height, I think, as like David Silva or um, Bernardo Silva even, mm. uh, both of them. But they're bigger. They, they put muscle on. He needs to do it. It's not going to fly otherwise because refs will not give him and do not give him the fouls that he deserves mm. because they're like, oh, he's so lightweight. It's his fault. Yeah, and I, I just think as well, it's been so long in the Premier League. He's, I just don't, I've never been fully convinced whenever I've seen him. I think he looks nice and sometimes he can do some nice things. But also, I feel like his final ball, when he really gets near the penalty box, it just hasn't been good enough. And he's had an, an enough opportunity. Mm. I just think maybe the Premier League right now is just not where he needs to be. And I would, I would love for him to get a Premier League move and then maybe prove me wrong. But from what he I've just seen... He turned down Brighton in January, didn't he? Yeah, because he wanted to stay at Tottenham. So... That's you know. Look, I don't. I don't think more time is going to help him. I think more time is just going to um, stagnate him even more. I can't see him at the club past the summer. Yeah, I agree. But look, that is it for all your unpopular opinions. Thank you, everyone who's sent in your unpopular opinions on X. Really, really appreciate all the opinions that you shared today. I had a great time with Barnaby um, going through and reacting to all unpopular opinions. If you enjoyed what Barnaby had to say, please do go subscribe to his YouTube channel. The link will be in the title of all the unpopular opinions that we do post over this period. So big up to everyone uh, who's watching the video. Appreciate you all. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Like, subscribe and comment. And as always, come on you Spurs. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.